Hello guys, and welcome to another episode of Don't Fuck With The Original. I am your host, Casper. And I am Becky Gremlin here, guys. Here to bring you all things spooky on Wednesdays because... Wednesdays are for podcast. We're actually recording this on a Saturday, though. Yes. But you guys will be listening to this on, on Wednesday. So. Mm-hmm. so, you guys, we have a very special guest with us today. Um, if you... Hopefully you went and watched Wait Further Instructions on Netflix this past week because if you didn't stop right now and go do it first. Yeah, we we, we <laughs> told you to listen to our instructions last week and you were supposed to await our instructions. And we told you to watch it, so <laughs> you should have so listened. So if you haven't watched it, pause, watch it now, and then come back and then we'll continue. But um, we have with us a guest, uh, the... He played Scott in Await Further Instructions. Um, we have Chris Sadler here, guys. Chris, thank you so much for joining us on Don't Fuck With The Original. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I missed my cue then, didn't I? No, you're fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to meet you all. Hello. He's here. He's here. Thank you. In spirit. <laughs> yes, not physically here. He's here via Skype. Yes. So, thank you, Chris. Thank you again yeah. so much. Um, for agreeing to do this. Um, we, like we said before, we've, we watched the movie just before we got on the phone with you to kind of refresh ourselves on it. And, um, we both really loved it, really enjoyed it. Um, even little things that we picked up on the movie again, as we Mm -hmm. were watching it was, was really interesting. So, um, the symbolism in this movie is far reaching. Yeah. Um, I know where I, where I kind of wanted to start off before we sort of get into questions specifically surrounding the movie is, um, how did your career as an actor start? Um, where, where was kind of, where did your start sort of come from theater? What was your first role? That, that kind of thing. Yeah. I, so I was, did it, did it at school. Um, I've got seven brothers and sisters, so I guess I just wanted more attention at home. And then, uh. I went to a drama school, which is in the UK. We've got these uh, sort of accredited, I guess, over there. You have like um, ones in New York uh, and LA, I think. It's sort of the main kind of big drama schools like um, uh, Tish and things like that. Oh, okay, yeah. So I went to one in London. Um, you sort of audition, you get in, you do three years, uh, you get a degree as well from it. And then from there, I was very fortunate to train with some really lovely people and then got a really good agent out of it. Um, at the end, and then I've been doing it now for nine years. Oh, wow. Oh, awesome. Wow. That's, That's great. amazing. That is so awesome. Um, yeah, we actually, um, here in Ohio, there is a school called the Cincinnati School for Performing Arts, so it's similar. You have to audition to get into the school, and then, um, yeah, so they do, like, acting, theater, singing, dancing, all kinds of things. So that's that's really awesome. Um what was your first? Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> no, I just said, yeah, no, it really was, um, it was an amazing experience. Yeah, the, I guess with acting, good or bad experiences, it's not really good or bad. It's just, it's all an experience and you take it however you want to and use it later on in your career. It's all a learning experience. Oh, yeah, yeah I think, yeah. All right. What was your first uh, role? What was the first thing that you did uh, where you, that you really, really enjoyed doing? I was going to say, the first thing I did was, was an episode of a sitcom out here. I played the man at door. So that's not... The man the, at door. Yeah, <laughs> there was a, it's, a, it's a thing called Not Going Out. It's a TV show here. And I 
there's a joke where the, the woman this girl knocks at the door and the whole episode is around her maybe being their long this, this guy's long lost kid um, and at the end of the episode I knock on the door and ask for another she asked for sugar and I asked for milk and the episode everyone laughs and he slams the door in my face <laughs> that was my first ever like oh my gosh I'm making it uh, not quite but it was you know it was an amazing experience for the BBC um, but my first like really fun uh, role was in something called um, the what was it called The Hour with um, uh, some amazing actors called Dominic West um, got to do a couple of scenes with him that's my first sort of oh wow yeah, I know that name yeah awesome that's Felt really like cool I'm doing something yeah fun very cool from humble beginnings and yep. man at door to <laughs> <laughs> from man at door to Dominic West yes <laughs> yeah you get you get you get little little jumps here and there which is which is always nice and it can feel frustrating so obviously there can be long pauses between that but you know i'd say to anybody that's trying to be a creative it can always feel frustrating but um just don't don't give up i don't see the point in giving up ever hell yeah oh thank you for that that's awesome <laughs> that's great advice. inspiring wonderful <laughs> advice did you have a question that was my question. That was your question. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so I guess this probably leads more into await further instructions. How did this movie fall into your lap? Was it through your agent? Did you see an ad for it? Did you audition for it? Like, what was the whole process for for this movie? Okay, so I did a, I did a short film um, called Painkiller with um, Franz Drama and Benedict Wong, who are both now very um successful actors in their own right um benedict's in the marvel films yes yep. um and uh, obviously franz is in the dc legends of tomorrow as, oh my um, gosh that's amazing drax, wow. drax as um firestorm sorry so we, we did the short film together in 2012 um by a wicked director called um Ms. Kibete, and we in this film i get my thumbs shot off um with a gun so i lose both my thumbs and the uh, casting director of that, uh, Manuel Porto, was casting this film. Went randomly, three years later, rang my agent and was like, look, we need, uh, want to see Chris for this thing. We think you'd be amazing. Um, an event happens in this film, if you haven't seen it yet, that leads them to wanting me because of the thing I did, what I just mentioned. Um, try not to say, try not to give too much away by saying it's it's yeah. it's okay. You can you we, you can we we got it because <laughs> I actually was about to say you've done a lot of finger work, haven't you? <laughs> not to <laughs> and, and I, um, got the call and then I went in. Very fortunately, had to learn all the scenes for Scott, so all of them. And obviously, the film only has half. Like you know, the script was a lot bigger originally. And then we went in. We were about to run the scene, and the director just said to me. Um, actually we're going to try something can you just run them all as like one scene so i just had to do like a 12 minute i think audition just straight kind of through um kind of all of scott's beats and that moment uh and then i thought it went really well didn't hear anything for like three weeks <laughs> well oh, i guess wow. that's that and then i got a call saying um from from my agent obviously through johnny and jack the producer and directors saying yep yeah, you're it you've got it um, and apparently I was cast then and there. I just didn't hear for three weeks, which was, um, yeah, uh, hard, hard. Because I'd, I'd love the script. I just thought it was amazing. I wanted to be involved. 
Yeah, that was something I was going to, that was kind of another question because I can only imagine getting that script and reading it and going, wow, this is... This is crazy. Well, it's like, like I said in, before, in a, in a great this, way, the but symbolism just... in this movie is so incredible. Yeah. Like, I, I still, like, re watching it for the third time today when when we were watched it, like... Yep, me too. Third time. Th- that that symbolism in the movie for what's happening this day and age is is what really drew me to be so passionate about this film. I think, I think it's definitely a piece written because it... Uh, they started writing it, um, Gavin, um, and obviously Jack got involved 10 years ago, you know, from from now. And so when you think about the relevance of it in today's world, especially with what's going on in America, particularly, um, and England with Brexit and stuff, it was so ahead of its time. Um, wow. But re- reading it, well, I'm not going to lie, the first time I read it, when I read the whole thing, I was like, cool, yeah, that sounds good. Not a clue what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely baffled. Because you kind of, when you read a script, you, you don't... You read it with depth, but you, don't, you kind of, you know, you're kind of looking for your bits, really, to try and scan through. Okay, what do I need to have a look at? What do I need to learn? And it was just, I mean, J- J- uh, Johnny always says whenever we do any press stuff, he's always like, "What, yeah, what did you think of the script?" He went, "How the hell am I going to do this?" And that is always his first thing, and that's the same thing when we read it. I was like, "I don't know." Um, <laughs> but yeah, once read it a couple of times, I still didn't know. However, Johnny did, so I just had to believe in him and go with him kind of thing. And when he brought everyone together, when I met everyone, all the other actors, I went, cool, I get this. This makes sense now. The fact that this was written, you said it was 10 years in the making? Yeah. Gavin Gavin started writing it, well, I think it was like 2008. Oh, my gosh. That blows me away because wow. it's gotten so much worse now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and, we, and we finished filming in 2000 and. 15 end of i think so it took a long time because there was a head of problem in post and um you know johnny's a perfectionist and he, he wanted it done to a certain level because he just thought it wouldn't be justified and i guess you can see with the end stuff it needed that you know it really did need that the love and care um and it was just everything that you see in it and the context of it is is, is literally like it was written now yeah, um, you so I, you're blowing me away. Yeah. yeah, for sure. That you, it was ten years ago. Yeah, like. you would think as modern as the subject matter is, um, because there is a lot of the. I mean, there were so many tie-ins that we even noticed now. Like with it, just. I mean, it makes total sense. You know, we're we're gonna do our best not to give as much of the movie away, but just the yeah, we're trying hard too because we really want people to. You know, if obviously if people haven't, you know, we definitely made the point of telling everybody to please watch it before we did this interview. But obviously, if we're gonna have listeners that haven't watched it yet, or maybe you're even gonna be encouraged to watch it after this, um, there is a lot of religion in technology context with this movie that I think a lot of people are going to pick up it, it being set during Christmas and they're just being, I mean, there's, there's so much of it. And I think that I know I was reading a subreddit. I've read a lot of subreddits about the movie and I know that there were a lot of people that were saying like, there were, I know that there were a lot of arguments that I thought were interesting where people were like, oh, well, well, I would never do that or I would never do that. And it's like, you have no idea what you would do if you were put in situations like that. I don't think anybody would. And I think that's what drew me a lot into the character development. I mean, each and every character in that movie is so solid. And I think it's very interesting the way they all tie in together. Um, that actually brings me to another question, which... Um, 
I know this kind of heavily played a role, especially with uh, with David Bradley's character in the movie. He honestly is the nicest human being you'll ever, ever meet. And he is, oh, he's just a, he's a godsend to work with. Now, Becky has never seen Game of Thrones, so when I first started watching this movie, I was like, this fucking asshole. Because yeah, I was like, I'm one of these, this is Walter Frey. Yeah, I'm one of these that I didn't have, i forgiven, I didn't have cable for many, many, many years, so I, <laughs> I had to, I'll eventually catch on to Game of Thrones. But from what I've heard of that character, it's like, wow, this guy is uh, very good at playing a dick. So I think that's Brad what... nice compared to him, like... Granddad is like a, a soft version of Walter Frey. So it, it is like, true. I think Granddad's bad, like, wow. Walter Frey kills, like, half the cast in, in Game of Thrones. And, and Spoiler also, alert to nobody who's seen Game of Thrones yet. Thank you, Casper. Um, that was kidding. literally, like, five years ago. Get kidding. on the Game of Thrones train, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's fair. You have waited five years to say that, so that's okay. That is true. <laughs> that is true. But I will, I think it's to the credit of somebody like him that... I think that is, I think you, you hear that a lot where the actual personality of the actor is the sweetest person you could ever imagine. It's almost like it's natural that they could play such a sadistic character, maybe even somebody like Grandpa that's just, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I still know how to wash my own bowls. <laughs> could have gone my whole life without that part of the movie no offense but so it was i have to admit it's probably it probably was really cool working with him mm. it, it was amazing he um he's just a solid professional he um everything he did you just sort of were like blown away by you know he's the sort of guy that could have a nap wake up and know where his lines is and where his cues are and you're like how the hell did you do that i don't even know what's going on and i'm been listening the whole time he's just um <laughs> that's a legend so, man yeah he, he literally is a living legend like he's just and also he just wants to help you and he's not someone that thinks he's bigger than anything and this is a guy that's a leading have you know like game of thrones he's done he's been in all the harry potter you know what i mean mm -hmm. he's done things that he's worked with Laurence olivier like things that would blow oh you my gosh in terms wow. of acting. and he's just like do you want to get a pint and you're like <laughs> me yeah right yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so that leads me into the next question. And that's kind of a thing with with Gramps, because that was something that was sort of mentioned in the movie about like terrorist attacks. And there's a um, Scott's, uh, I guess it would sort of be his brother in law in the movie um, would Nick was Nick. Nick. Um, yeah. Nick's girlfriend, Angie, um, there's an interracial couple in, in the movie. Um, and I, um, I currently am in an interracial relationship and I have, um, been in past interracial relationships where there unfortunately has been that ignorance where, you know, I'll walk into, I'm, I'm black by the way, I'll walk in to meet the family and they will be, you know, white or whatever. And, Unfortunately, there have been those instances where it's been uncomfortable for me. And I was just wondering if that was, I mean, uh, currently I haven't had that problem. Thank God. <laughs> my my husband's family loves me and there have been no issues there with being in an interracial relationship. But um, was that like purposefully written into the script to sort of play a role later with kind of Angie's character? Was that kind of purposefully written in to have that? dynamic of an interracial relationship and kind of how that that played into the rest of the movie yeah because obviously 
I think, well, from from my understanding, again, I can only speak of what Gavin's kind of said. Um, yes, it was it was built to add another dimension, another another uh, wall, I guess, because obviously when they say that she's in, oh, how do I say about saying things or getting things away? You know, like when they they turn on her, try not to give too much away, guys. Right, right. Um, there is, yeah, on her or whatever. They um they do that. Because she's different. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, obviously the bigger metaphor there is that we do do that, don't we? Yes. You know, if you look at Brexit over here, we are saying horrendous things like, yeah, we, we, we got interviewed and people would say, I'm so happy that the Muslims can't um, uh, come anymore. And you're like, you didn't vote out of the world. You voted out of Europe. You're Basically what you voted out of was you going to Spain. Oh, no, I love Spain. You idiot. Well, then why did you do that? So it's... It's just a bigger message on the idea that we are sometimes even ignorant towards past our own skin. And that's just, I don't know, the world's a really, really small place. And it upsets me to think that we are not big enough yet in this 2019 or whatever to see past that. So, yeah, it, it definitely was written to um, be a, a metaphor to, to everyone and everyone that sort of is different. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like the whole thing with what it actually, the whole movie deals with itself. That is another issue in the world still is that if you're different, we're going to look at you differently. And it made me feel, personally, it made me feel for Angie's I liked Angie. Okay, I I liked Angie I loved her character and it it did, it made me feel for her character because like I said, I, I unfortunately have personally been in situations like that where I was like, oh yeah, this, this probably could have happened to me. <laughs> I probably would have been Angie in this situation. And that's, that's awful to think that way, um, that there are people like that. Um, speaking of Nick, um, Sam, have you, did you two know each other previously before doing the movie together? So, so not like Sam is now one of my best friends. Oh, that's um, awesome. No, we didn't. We, weirdly, right, got off the train. We filmed in a place called York, which is sort of north of England. We both got off the train, and everyone kept saying to both of us, oh, you're going to really get on? And when someone says you're going to get on, you normally think, oh, he's going to be a dick. Because, right. you know what I mean, your, your opinion of what people think of you, or like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, we we got off the train, and we worked, we sat on the opposite end of the train for some reason. We didn't mean to. We walked down, we met each other, and we had this moment. And I was like, where are you from? And he said, like, um, Bromley. And I said, I said Croydon. And that's not. We're, those are very big areas. So then we kind of narrowed it. I said, but whereabouts? He said, oh, hey, I said, where's Wickham? And that's really close. And I went, okay, so no, but whereabouts? He said, Mead Way. I said, like, the avenue. And, he went, and those two roads connect. They're the same road. They just have a, a gap in the middle. And we were like, what? Then we found out that we grew up and lived about 300 houses away from each other our entire lives. We'd never met. That's so crazy. Like, Whoa. That brothers. We just went, oh, my God, did we become best friends? And that was it. <laughs> We've been... Uber, uber tight ever since like that was it we just we just bonded oh, oh that's awesome i love stories like that that was sort of like how me and casper met like randomly and it was kind of one of these things like oh we're 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 gonna be best friends and and we are <laughs> you see it and you're like this is it i know this is it we're good. it was it was the weirdest thing like just in short basically what happened we were at a horror convention together and we were in she, line to meet the same actor. It's next to each other, and she knew my brother-in-law. Wow, okay. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> hi. And she said his name, and I'm like, who this? 
<laughs> and then best through our love of horror, best friends. It was ever horror, since. absolutely. Horror, horror is what brought, brought us together. together. Mm-hmm. Um, with I know my biggest thing with this movie was um all the sci-fi horror and yep. the the special effects were just absolutely mm. incredible. I know that's the thing that really tied me into it. Um, me and uh, Casper were really talking about. We got so many feels of like old school Evil Dead, the old thing. school The Thing. Um, and another one that's my personal favorite, and I there was even a reference to it in the movie was um, Doctor Who. So, how many people were Doctor Who fans? I'm I'm just curious. <laughs> well, they wrote the script. Yeah, or just anybody on set. Like, are you a Doctor Who fan? Like, who? If, if, I'm, if I'm honest, um, I, no, I never, I never got into Doctor Who because by the time it came back out again here, I sort of was like 18, so I kind of missed, and my parents weren't either. I, me and my brother went into Cowboys, I think, when we were younger, so that was kind oh. of like <laughs> where my dad said, I think he enjoyed it. Um, but if I'm honest, I don't think, I reckon Grant definitely is. I know I know Gavin is, um, jo- um, Jack is, and Johnny are. Um, oh, nice. Um, I think David Bradley's probably been in a... <laughs> probably has, hasn't he? Let's be honest. I think he... Yeah. <laughs> to, yeah, I think he actually... I think he actually was. So, At wow. At some point, he's definitely done it. Yeah, um, yeah, he actually did. Um, he was uh, <laughs> Solomon in 2012 in an episode of Doctor Who. So, <laughs> yeah, he's go. been in several episodes. <laughs> so, of course. Um, but, but we're all a massive fan of... Even though we haven't seen it, we are all a massive fan of the franchise and what it means and what it does to people. Because obviously, even now, it's incredible that the Doctor has changed drastically in the last three Doctors. And people just buy it, man. They just go, but that's the Doctor. And I love that. I love the fact that it's it's something across generations, across year, across 50, 60 years, brings people together. So I'm always a massive fan of that, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. It's definitely, it spans, like, so many ages. And you can have people that are... And their 70s that are Doctor Who fans. You can have people that are little kids that are Doctor Who fans. So it's definitely a franchise that is... And man, they are fans too. Oh yeah, you get some they, that are... They oh, are boy. fans. I'm not one of those. <laughs> I'm kind of a casual fan. <laughs> yeah, some of those guys are hardcore, man. Oh boy, they will rip your head off. They're... What do you mean you don't like the old Doctor Who? It's like, oh... I will burn your family. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> um, they're, they're literally like, what, like season four, episode 12... 20 minutes in, did you not know? And you're like, yes! oh, man, not a clue. I'm actually a little bit like that with Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh, you're one of those. <laughs> Season three, episode five. Yeah. I'm not down to that science of it yet, but I'm kind of getting down to the point where I know what happens in each season. So I'm, st- I'm starting to be more We're starting to get to that point. <laughs> um, I know there was another uh, connection with um, await further instructions and, um, I've, a, another subreddit I was reading was um, Cronenberg. There were a lot of comparisons to David Cronenberg, and I think that's just more so to the credit of him being kind of the one of the fathers of sci-fi horror. Um, were there uh, did were Gavin or Jack fans of of his work that that you were aware of? Like any tones from like Videodrome or anything? Yeah, Jack uh, Gavin particularly has talked quite heavily. I think um, well, people have mentioned that link and he's been very, very flattered by that link um, whenever we've done the um, screenings or um, press for it. Um, it's easy to see. Jack's, it really is. Yeah. Jack accepted that as well. So, so I think that 
it's definitely something for you know um, Gavin that even if it wasn't maybe in his conscious mind, you know, subconsciously it was a, it was a draw and it was something that he maybe tried to use 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 I guess. Um, but he's definitely very flattered by it, and we all are because I mean that's a massive compliment um, for our film that people are saying that because they only say that in a no one's used that in, in a negative way. Everyone's got, oh, it's very Conan and you sort of go, wow, that's awesome because that's such a big field that people um, are really, really big fans of. I think anybody who is a fan, yeah, if there's, if any of our listeners are, um, <clears throat> if any of our listeners have not seen Await Further Instructions yet and are Cronenberg fans of either Scanners or Videodrome, I'm, I'm a big, big David Cronenberg fan, the brood, all of them. And that was one of, I, I actually, the first time I saw Await Further Instructions, I really didn't put the connection together until after the second time I saw it and then read a subreddit. And I was like, I can't believe I didn't pick up on that. So that's, that's neat, like to his credit that so many people pick up on that. And I hope more fans do. I hope that kind of draws more people into wanting to see it. Cause I definitely picked up um, the similarities there. And um, one, another big question we wanted to ask too, because of, especially towards the end of the movie with uh, Grant's, with the dad, Grant's character, um, not to, again, not to give a lot away, especially with the ending, but um, how much of that was, or how much can you say as far as the special effects, like was a lot of it CGI or was a lot of it more so done from like prosthetics or whatnot? Because that, that just really, that was one of the, the main things that really blew me away. Well, that was that scene sold me. I yeah, was like, Oh my God, this is the incredible. Special effects in the movie. <laughs> okay, so most of that uh, is puppets. Puppets. Um, awesome. Literally yes. Not much of that CGI at all. That's all mostly puppets. You know, I love it. Do you know how happy that makes up, me? You know, like take um, the puppeteers out, maybe, because um, they wore um, uh, suits, obviously, so you couldn't see them. Okay. Um, but no, no, that was that was Dan Martin, who's an absolute genius, um, who's done things like the Human Centipede, I think. Oh my God! Really? <laughs> Dan Martin, sir, my hat is off to you. <laughs> he, um, he just came in one day. I remember he came in and he just. He just made this. Oh, no, we couldn't even understand what it was. You know what I mean? Because imagine seeing all that not there, and then we went away from the set and came back, and they just redressed it, and we were like, "Oh my god, wow!" And it just—that was it. It was mental for about a week, um, especially for Grant. You know, he had to—he had to have uh, those mouth things for <laughs> eating. You know, he could never come out. So, oh, it took like so long, no. four hours every day, getting oh. ready. So he had like a week of just. I was gonna say, did he, have to, did he have to drink a lot of like protein shakes? Was there like, <laughs> oh, me? No, Grant, like, was well, there like a to... feeding tube? <laughs> I, think, I think he just got upset, he couldn't have a little smoke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, us smokers will, uh, <laughs> poor guy. <laughs> yeah, he's honestly, he is incredible. I mean, I, I, all I can say, and I'm not, this is not tooting everything, is I was just blessed. The, the cast and crew were just like a big, massive family. You know, everyone lived together. Everyone was sort of together for six weeks, and it was just everyone pied together. We just got on so, so well. Um, and all the actors were more experienced than me at the time, and they younger or older, and they were just, they, they all brought such a heavy game that you were like, shit man I've got to like bring it today you could ne you never felt that you could drop it at any point because you know you're having fun when you were called upon you were like shit we've got to go 
um, because they were there already. You know what I mean? Which is which is amazing people to be around. Oh, well, I have so to be awesome. honest with you. This is um, I am I did read on our IMDb page that you are writing and directing your own film, but seeing you in this movie, you are a really good actor, and I I really do mean that. Like you you sold you sold that character. You really did. I felt for Scott. I did too. I, I think if there was, it, I know for me, there were two characters in particular that my my heart was Scott for sure. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I mean, my heart just went out to Scott. And um, Abigail, who played Beth, the mom. The poor oh mom. Oh my gosh. She just like, she's just every, she's just everybody's mom. She just, <laughs> everybody's mom. She just wanted the whole family to just be together and everybody to just, you know, when she starts singing ding dong merrily on high and I like, was like oh, when man, everybody's she's freaking out, this. it's like, she's just, she's cleaning the house because everybody's coming over for Christmas. I mean, she just was trying so hard to keep everybody together. And Scott, like he, you know, she's his, his fiance is having their baby and he just is, he's just trying to keep it together as a man. And he, it just, it was, those were the two characters that my, I mean, my heart, I, I just, you just, your heart just bleeds for these characters. You just feel so sorry for them. And you're just like, they're, they're trying so hard with the circumstances that they're in. And you just really have no idea what's going to happen from, from there with them. And you're hoping it works out, but uh, again, like we said, we don't want to give anything away. So, um, <laughs> yeah, who knows? Ta-da. Um, yeah, no, thank you very much. And so thank you for saying that. That's, um, you know, you, you just you work hard and hope that people appreciate it. And that's, that's my main thing, telling a good story. And if people are nice to me in the meantime, that's, that's a massive compliment. So I do appreciate that. Um, Oh, you're so welcome. You, yeah, you, you're. When you reached out to me and you were like, "Hey, I'll um uh, speak out for the movie for you if you want," I w- I literally was like, "Are what?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're so. That's why we're so. We we love all the words of encouragement that you gave about people if they have a dream, like don't give up. You know, I'm I'm 35 and I'm like this is my first time like going out into business for myself. Like I. This is like it. So, I mean, it's been very nervous and there have been those moments where you're just kind of like, oh, this is so hard. But it's like, no, I this is my dream. I want to do this. I'm I'm going to make this dream a reality. And I know that there's so many other people out there that are like me or even like you that are in acting or any anything where they're like they're just starting off in something and you're going to have to climb. You know, you're going to have those moments where you're going to want to give up. But you will get that moment where it, it's it's all the hard work that you put into it really will pay off, and you really are going to have people out there that are going to appreciate it, and and we definitely do. This this movie blew us away, and your character was Scott's character was just amazing. Um, and I know um, I think there was one other question that I had. Um, about the movie did you happen to know um so not the first the first time when angie finds the tv that's in the closet oh my god you're totally giving it away you can't (laughs) okay there (laughs) this i literally want to know if you just know do you know what the countdown means did did we know Mm mm-hmm no okay i was just curious if that was a thing that was known or 
That's not no, giving anything that. away. Okay, that's one thing. That's not giving anything away. <laughs> okay, then maybe it's not giving anything away. That's right. I did not ask about the countdown clock. So technically, guys, it doesn't really give anything away, uh, but... I'll be looking for it now. But no, what, what, what I would say to that is, what was very interesting is we were always having to slightly adapt due to time restraints and stuff uh, on, and Johnny with Johnny's vision uh, on set. And so we actually, as characters and as actors, <clears throat> didn't know we we found it out as we went with you guys mm. so particularly the characters they literally find the story out as you do you know what i mean we don't they don't have any knowledge or awareness of anything apart from what is happening in that exact moment at that exact time and because it's based over three days that's quite interesting because it's not real time obviously but it's most films are based over weeks aren't they or whatever so it's kind of just a stretched version of time which is interesting because it's quite a short adventure uh, short events so um no yeah yeah we basically found the same time as you did oh my and, um, on scott um he was a pleasure to play because he's got such a lovely arc um you know he is the the pulling force in the house without knowing it um and he wears his heart on his sleeve and he looks like he's pushed and pulled but it's, he's pushed and pulled through his heart i think um and can be manipulated by that um and i think a lot of us can be in life and so it's he's a oh, very yeah. endearing character and he does make the right choices at the right times for the right reasons um so you know hopefully people root for, root for root him a little bit i did i, I did root for him that's 100%. how i felt about yeah. him i felt like he was being pulled and i felt like he was trying to do what was best for you know you he was definitely very concerned about his child you know, which really just, melted my heart because I was like, oh, he's like so excited about this kid. Like, you know, going, oh, what we're going to name the baby and yeah. everything. And it's like, oh, it's so sweet, you know. So there's so many, there's definitely a lot of things in the movie that I think so many people will connect with. But I think I'm, I'm, you're right. That doesn't really give too much away about the time clock, but the countdown clock. But I think there, there is, we were wondering if it just kind of tied more into the, there, like I said, there's so many as there's so many religious symbols. It being on Christmas, the cross, the whole thing with, and then especially at the end when it's really religious. Yeah, it's like, it really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, any guys, if any of you that are listening or you know that have actually seen the movie, that climax at the end, you're like, whoa, what's going on? And I think that's why. I think that's why. Like some some things that I read where people were like, oh, I wouldn't, and it's like, but. But you don't, when, I think, especially when, when religion does come into play, you don't know how you would react, especially if you do have very deep, strong religious beliefs. Like maybe for a moment you do think you're going crazy, but then for a moment you go, well, wait a minute. What if, what if this is true? What if this really is happening? But it just so happens to be in this, in this way, like maybe not the way that the Bible quote unquote said it was going to happen, but because we're in this time, this is the way that it happened. Um, that was a lot of the symbolism that I got from it, that I read that a lot of people got from it, which I thought was just so interesting, which definitely makes it even more interesting to know that the script was written as long ago as it was and that that all kind of tied into play. That was really, I mean, really interesting. I mean, some people thought that the First and Second World War were like apocalypses. Do you yes. know what I mean? People, yes. people assumed that those things were these huge events. I mean, what's really interesting is I like to, um, I remember I was at drama school, someone said to me once, so you're 
like Chris, right? But you're a character. I said, well, I'm not a character. I'm, I know me. I said, but you don't know you. I said, what do you mean? I said, right, imagine this scenario. There's a plane crash. Well, you're, you're in a plane and it's crashing. And it's just crashed. And you're told you can either save that woman with the small baby next to you, but if you save her, you will die, or you can get off the plane in 10 seconds. Now, the chivalry you, all of us would like to say, I will save that woman and baby, right? But you put your, but he's like, but you put yourself in that situation. You'll always say that now. But if you're there at that exact moment, and you're like, you can do that, but you will die. What do you do? Now, obviously, again, I'll always say to you now, I would do that. But, but his point was, you don't know. You never know until you're put in that situation. And that's again what the film sort of presses, doesn't it? You don't know until you're there. I love how you just worded that. Yeah, I, I like really that. Do. Yeah. And I hope that goes out to every single person that, you know, anybody that critiqued the film, that was the number one thing that I read was that, oh, well, I wouldn't have reacted like that or I wouldn't have reacted like that. You don't know how you would react if you're in a situation like that until you are in that situation. <laughs> you would like to think that you would act differently, but you 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 will never know. And I... I hope and pray that I'm never in a situation like that movie. Let's all hope that what let's all hope that never happens. That's the thing. I I will tell you now. I would I would never change my answer. I would save her. But like, but then, but then, what? That's not just you dying. That's you giving up on your partner or your family. That you don't know. But I would like to say I know. Yes. Again, and I think that film really presses that point that, and particularly Scott. Scott doesn't know what to do or when to do it. And so he's led. And that is the point, isn't it? That is that is why the movie, I think, is so powerful. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, very yeah. true. And one thing, one thing I'd like to say for you guys in terms of, like, obviously your listeners and stuff is, um, you know, this whole thing sort of encouragement. I know it's a horror thing, but I would like to say to people, like, you know, I uh, remember this, like, Jim Carrey story, because I, I grew up loving Jim Carrey. Like, oh, I love, love Jim Carrey. He's <laughs> one of my heroes, and he... um. I remember he always had this famous thing where he said about his dad and how his dad was an amazing comedian, but his dad um, was too scared to follow it, right? Because he just said, hey, like, I've got to provide for the family, right? And this is for anyone that's got kids. It doesn't matter. You should still, you almost want to do more, not just financially, but show them more by doing something you love, being that person, right? Because that will inspire them. But he um, he said his dad was a, an amazing a comedian, but instead he where he took a job as an accountant and then he lost his job. So they grew up, basically, his dad becoming a janitor because he just had to provide. So he said to his dad, said to him, he's like 18, do not commit your life to doing something you don't enjoy because that can still fuck up as well. And then where do you go? Whereas if you try heavily and pursue something you love, even if it messes up or doesn't get there, you will like smile one time going, man, at least I've, like, I've got those memories. I tried that thing. And then you can get a normal job. Like, or whatever, you know? So I just, I've always kept that and thought that's just, even in the bad days, that's so inspiring. Wow. That's very inspiring. It's very inspiring. Because me, me, me. me and Sophia, or, well, Becky, whatever, Sophia, whatever, Kristen, <laughs> we, um, we have actually, we talked about it before, how, you know, we both love horror so much. And... We talk about it. I mean, like when you're, if you've listened to our podcast, when you're listening to us talk, that's how we talk. That's yeah, just that's a normal, normal conversation. conversation. And I looked at her and I was like, "Why don't we start a horror podcast?" And it just, 
it just like took a, what was that? Last October we started talking about it? Yeah. It was like last October we started talking about it and now we're in, this is episode nine. Yep. And we're still just like, ooh, we could do this. Ooh, we could do this. Ooh, we could do this. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That's what it is. So like anyone listening, even if they want to do a horror podcast, do it. Connect and don't don't be scared to connect with people. Like, that's why I reached out to you guys. Like, doing the movie was amazing, but, like, helping follow it through and connecting with you lot, because I, you know, I'm attached to another horror film that we might be doing next year, and... Um, yay! And, oh, yay! And if, yeah, and, if, and if, that, if that does get the funding, we're, like, 90% funded now. If we get to fund that, we're doing that with, like, Stephen Ogg um, and Pollyanna McIntosh, and if you know those guys, they're from... Um, the Walking Dead. I've met both uh, of them. Um, yeah, we. Oh my god, we've, we've met them actually. Coincidentally, the horror uh, convention that we met at, we've we've gone previously, and we we met them. Yeah, we, huge fans. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So uh, yeah, and Richard Brake as well. So I get to potentially do this, you know, this this sort of kind of like werewolf film um, with them, and it's. I get to be with yeah Stephen August stuff, and that'd be amazing. And if I do that, I want to reach out to you guys again and to your fans because. I'd be making these films for people like you guys that, you know, that love it because that's, that's where the, the base would be. So we should just all try and connect even more. That's so awesome. Yeah. They're, 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 they're so nice. I, I that's, that's awesome that, um, is there like a GoFundMe page or something for that? <laughs> no, no, I wish, I wish there was. No. <laughs> I know, right? Like we would tell all of our I listeners. Would, um, I give, would I'm like give here. all of your money to this right now. Make this happen right now. Give all of your money. <laughs> yeah, it's much, when, when we when we when we post up, um, it's a guy called uh, James Cameron. He's going to be the director, and um, yeah, Stephen Ogg's attached, and you know it's called the um, Moonshine Gang of Cheyenne. And so whatever you guys can do, if you want to like it or, or, or on Twitter or whatever, I think there's a little thing. Just build some buzz. We'd love it because obviously we want to make it, and we think it's going to be something super special so yeah you had me at werewolves so <laughs> yeah you had, <laughs> me, at, had me at werewolves that's what it said to me i was like i'm in done but oh no. my gosh yeah you, you had me at werewolves yeah. i feel like so there's I'm, not enough werewolf movies out there yeah so i'm 35 so my first introduction to <laughs> werewolves technically not a horror movie but uh you know the old michael j fox teen wolf that was my oh yeah that Maybe. was my <laughs> so i've loved i have loved werewolves ever since that is going to be um, what an amazing cast too that is going to be so awesome really great people to work with that's going to be i really don't want to talk about what my introduction to werewolves was <laughs> twilight <clears throat> i'm sorry yeah we're sorry uh that's okay. not correct <laughs> i was not raised correct that's okay um so chris the um we wanted to i know uh Casper mentioned it a little bit about the um, film that you're working on that you're going to be directing. Yeah. Can you tell us a little can bit about us, us or can bit about you, it? Is it under anything? wraps? Like... <laughs> no, yeah, no, there's, there's, there's not, there's not too much to say. Um, it's myself and uh, an amazing DOP, which director of photography, people didn't know, I'm sure they did, called Sam Parsons. Um, we recently made a, a World War II war film together and it's 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 not a it's not a horror film. It's it's um, a drama. It's about uh, basically two people that are lost that um, try and connect and they don't. And it's basically then it then becomes a third party involved. So it's kind of like a three way relationship. And it's how the uh, guy makes poor decisions and he doesn't know which way to turn. And he 
like we all do in life, he has to live with that regret and sort of tries to build it back. And it's kind of how he gets broken down um, and how he deals with that um, grief um, from making the the wrong relationship decision, which again, I'm sure every one of us has done before. We think the grass is greener or whatever. And um, mm-hmm. it is not. You could, you, we could sit here all day and have you preach on that subject. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've so all been there. Like, I give, I give you a, a, you know, I've got an amazing girlfriend now who blows my mind and she's just the best person I've ever met. And I would like to say to anyone out there, like if something seems fun and shiny, it's definitely not stay away from fun and shiny. Yes. But, um, stay far, far yeah. away. <laughs> Run like <laughs> flee. Run away from shiny. <laughs> Yeah, big time, big time. Do not be enticed by shiny. No, I, I totally get it. My uh, my hubby I've been with, I feel like it's been forever and ever and ever and ever. And uh, it's really awesome when you find that person that you connect with. It's, especially if you're creative. If you're creative and you find that person that makes you smile and supports you, it makes this whole world, like what Brian Cranston said, you know, yes. find your home. And finding your home is finding your you know, we're, we're built to find that. And if you find it, then you don't have to search. I didn't search. Me and her found each other, like, accidentally. But you find it, and then you feel safe. And if you're safe, you are just braver, and you'll pursue these things, um, which, I'm, which, which, is, which is it. And, again, I relate that to Scott because I found her just after AFI. And, obviously, Scott is, you know, he found Kate. And, and they really did have – it may seem a bit like in the film, but they really did have something pure, and you can see that. And that's what was um, – really really lovely that's what I'm going to say about that I guess not to give too much away <laughs> yeah you definitely see that you definitely see like I will I will say Kate I I had kind of a love hate thing with Kate yes but I, I, <laughs> I was like oh she's awesome nah <laughs> <laughs> you have a real you have a real love hate relationship with her but you know again like she duh, she definitely didn't deserve what happened not we're not gonna give it away guys you gotta watch it but it I think that there's I think that even with like David Bradley's character Gramps I think that there's little things that even if there's certain characters that you like or maybe don't like I think that there are certain things in each and every character that you can appreciate with await further instructions at least that's how I felt even even Gramps Gramps? even the dad well (laughs) Gramps I know God God love Gramps I'm like there's not really anything about him that I can seriously say that was redeeming well Um, there's no there was nothing lovable or redeeming I'm just I just appreciate him I'm just showing Gramps some appreciation David Bradley more appreciation, but that's fine. Yeah, David, you're right. David Bradley, not Graham. David Bradley, I appreciate you, not that character. We, we appreciate you for taking on that character. Can I ask you guys a question? Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah, turn the tables. What, what is both your favorite horror films? Just intrigued. Oh, man. You can go first. I'm going to take a long time. I'm just kidding. Oh, gee, no, you go first because this is a tough, this is a tough one. Because I know. What, I know. What, I don't know what, what mine is. I know yeah, what mine no, is. Go with yours. Go with yours. One hundred percent, The Conjuring films. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. 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 I can't actually choose one over the other because I like the as. I, there are aspects of each that I like more over the other. Yeah. Um, the story of the first one is better, I think, but I liked the demon in the second one, and I liked the way that it was wrapped up at the end. Okay, yeah. And James Wan is my favorite horror director that's alive. Uh, Wes Craven was actually my favorite horror director. 
um, because Scream is the movie that got me into horror to begin with. Yeah. So, and I'm actually meeting Nev Campbell in six days, and I I don't even know how to process that, but... (laughs) (laughs) Um, Would you watch, like, Aquaman and stuff then because of him? I did watch Aquaman because not because of him. I'm I'm a superhero fan. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> so <laughs> we all are. Let's be honest. Yeah, we <laughs> are. Um, like Jason Momoa. I mean, Jesus, the man's a god. He, I, yeah, I love Jason. I, I mean, Cal Drogo. I mean, going back to Game of Thrones yet again. Um, it's like six degrees of Kevin Bacon. It always goes back to Game <laughs> of Thrones. <laughs> it's yes. <laughs> Um, Jason Momoa is a guy that I want to literally just have a beer with. Like, I just, I literally just want to hang out with that guy. Coolest guy in the world. Seems like that. Yeah, I like that. I'm, I am too. And see, mine, mine wasn't Game of Thrones with him because I'm a, see, I'm a total sci-fi nerd. So I was big into the, the Stargate series. After, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Stargate Atlantis was a spinoff and that was like one of the first roles that he was. And that was kind of my first introduction to, to Jason Momoa, and I've just always thought, like, he would be so cool to just go to a bar with and have a, have a beer. <laughs> I absolutely love James Wan. James Wan is just, like, one of those, like, the, the way he directs, and I could see it in Aquaman. I could see aspects of how he does movies in Aquaman, and that was really cool to see that. So... Tells, tells amazing stories, man. And I think that is, that is what we want to do in filmmaking. You know, and particularly horror, like, you want to make a story that we, because people that horror, you, you enjoy being scared and you want to be really brought in and just being like a slasher, just like, wait, 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 isn't enough. You need, someone really needs to build that suspense. You want know, to get that tingling and you get that feeling and you feel a bit cold. That is a director really taking you into that world. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh my days, what's going to happen? That's so how I feel. Do that in like, you know what I mean? That's how I felt with the weight further instructions. Honestly, I, yeah, I, did. I was, I mean, I was, I was so unnerved through the whole movie. I mean, it was such a slow burn. Like I was just really like, uh, I mean, it just, I just had this overall sense of just dread. And I was sitting creepiness. in the dark and I was like, is my TV gonna, is my TV gonna come at my me? TV like, gonna come at me? <laughs> um, and then at the very, very end, I was just like, Oh, what is happening right now? What is happening? I was, I, I just, and then at the end of it, I was just so me and my, me and my husband watched it, and we were just, we just both looked at each other and just were. <laughs> it was just really one of those like I, I have nothing to say. This is, this is. We were just both so the we, fuck meme. The yeah, fuck? we were like what? <laughs> yeah. Um. So I guess my my favorite horror. Okay, so because I'm because I'm 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 a tad I'm not ancient I'm a tad but like you, I said, I'm okay. So you talk about how old you are. 35. She's thirty five, y'all. Okay, okay she's not, not she's not. I'm 30. older than you. You're a spring chicken over here. I am. I am. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, but so my I, I guess I would have to pick two just from them, you know. And I've followed both directors' careers. Uh, Halloween, the original. Uh, John Carpenter. I've I've basically seen everything he's done so I'm a huge fan um and then uh which was actually my mom's favorite movie was Nightmare on Elm Street the original Nightmare on Elm Street so when I never got to meet Wes Craven before he passed away unfortunately um but I did get to meet Robert England um so that was really cool but uh yeah my my mom um unfortunately I lost her uh to cancer some years back but uh she was like really my driving force with horror my dad wasn't too into it but my mom was like anything horror like 
you know, it was, my mom was, was all into it from like Alfred Hitchcock to, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street to Cronenberg to like everything. She was all, all into horror. So she was definitely like my, my inspiration to it, but anything. And I, I think any kind of, so of course, like the, you know, Michael Myers and Freddy Krueger, but I think later on I got more into, um, psychological horror, Mm -hmm. anything that like can really just get in get in so deep to your head that after the movie's over it like lingers with you you still have like this kind of sense of dread afterwards because you know freddy krueger's not real and michael myers not real so yeah it can scare you in the moment but you sort of get get over it but anything that's like psychological that gets in your head that like literally days later you're still thinking about it that's just that's way creepier to me than than any freddy krueger yeah. <laughs> I always think that's kind of what we did with this film is mm-hmm. that you, you put a, you like, like the Jason films, right? A big guy with a big, like, slasher, whatever, what did you have? Like a machete. It's well scary, okay? That's, if I was in the woods with that, I'd shit my pants. Oh, <laughs> yes, you and me both. <laughs> that isn't, but then I wouldn't put myself in a woods, probably. So that's okay. Like, I just don't put myself in that environment. You know, who's going to a camp at night? Not me. I'm all right. <laughs> so, like, it's, um, they're, and they're extremes, right? But but you're dealing with in those films psychopaths, right? Yes. So so mm-hmm. you, yeah, unfortunately, if you come up with something like that. However, in a film like this, you're dealing with people that love and care for each other in the same house, and how an event or events can manipulate them um, to potentially turn on each other, and that's scarier because people that shows you that how how much do we trust and love the people we think we care about or feel safest around, especially if put in a high pressure cooker situation, really where, where then do our loyalties lie? And we don't know. Like you said before, it comes up to the idea. We don't know what we would do. We don't know how far we would go. David Villeneuve always said, like when he directs, he always asks those questions. How far would you go? What would you do if, yes. and we don't, we just don't know. And that is scarier. Because if you, you think it's your husband, your wife, whatever, you think, well, wow, it's amazing. You know, if it was The Walking Dead tomorrow and you were trapped the zombies, would they throw you into the zombies to get out? Hopefully not. But you don't know. And that's what's, with films like this, is scarier. Because at the end of this film, when we watched it, the, the viewings, like I went to New York um, for the screening there. And people were just like sat quietly. And I was like, oh, fuck, I think that means they hate it. Yeah. <laughs> like a minute or two. And then they clapped. And I was like, oh, sick. Yeah. <laughs> walked out slowly not really saying anything you know they said really nice things and i was like okay it just means they didn't know what to think and that's that's almost better because they're trying to think you know your brain's engaged you're not thinking about your phone texting you're just sitting there in a minute just going hang on a minute what happened or how do i process that and that that can be more scary i think to up to me anyway oh it that is exactly that's why i told you after me and my husband got done watching it there were no words we just looked at each other and we were just like, what did we just watch? Because that there's, like I said, you can, you can give comparisons to other movies. You can, you know, you can give the, the, the sort of Cronenberg-esque comparison in it. But to me personally, this movie really kind of stands alone. I've, I've never seen anything like this before. And I think that's why it was such a natural reaction to it. To be quite honest with you, I wanted to... (laughs) It was almost like the end of the scene of Poltergeist when they push, when they go to the hotel and they push the TV out of the room. I wanted to like push my TV out of my house. Like my neighbors would just see all of our TVs on our front porch or on our front lawn and go like, 
what what happened? What's going? <laughs> I don't. Kind of, you always you almost like stare, don't you? At it, and then you're kind of like, hang on a minute, are you staring back at me? And you kind of had that moment of like, oh no, I don't know. Well, what it was kind of like what you. I see it, you. It really does make you think. It was kind of like what you just said. I see. You. Not to give anything away, but when you said you don't want to pick up your phone, you nope. want to sit there and think about it. I was like, huh, it's kind of funny that he said that. Yeah, don't pick up your phone. Don't. <laughs> I was the same way after I watched it. I was like, I sat there and I sat there and stared at the TV screen in the dark and was like, fuck. <laughs> That's yeah. literally all that could come out of my mouth. <laughs> yep. I'm going to take the back of my TV apart now. <laughs> it's exactly that. You're just like, oh, man, I don't know what's going on. And that's what I thought was really good, that we don't give much away with that. And I thought, again, what Dan Martin did, what Johnny and Jack and, and Gavin created in their visual minds and what we created even visually on the screen is good because you still don't know, really. And I think that's even creepier. And that kind of, especially that, one of the end shots when they sort of you sort of see all the houses maybe like I love mm-hmm. that shot and I just oh. like oh my god that's oh. uh, it was literally uh, like what um, Becky said when that happened she was like what's going on in those houses yeah you want to like, know yeah. what's going on yeah you want to know like is this is this just in this part of the country is it all over the world is this happening to everybody like what's what's going so there's there's even still questions I think that's the other thing that I liked about the ending of it too is that. There, there's still unanswered questions that I'm almost glad weren't answered because mm-hmm. I think it kind of left it open to speculation that kind of anybody can interpret what this was. You, yeah. you, you almost aren't meant to know what it is. I'm, I'm, I, I personally liked that. Yeah, um, we, we, we've had some, we've had some lovely comparisons to Black Mirror, obviously for the technology aspect. But wow! Also, I guess, yes. White Bear, I feel like, is a solid one that would go along with it very well. Yeah, cause, well, because you, because in Black Mirrors, the whole point of them is it's, it's your, obviously, especially with the, the newest one where you can make your own decisions, but mm-hmm. Black Mirrors are based around the idea that it's the person who's in charge his perception of the technology, and that's what's scary, isn't it? That's It's how we all perceive it in different ways and how we make decisions based on our own reactions their technology combines with that in different ways and all the kind of black mirrors so having that um comparison has been been super lovely and again with that sort of final shot if you think about every other house and what's going on and if you can you can kind of link that to um the avengers with like danos and that idea that like wait is that a variation of danos because obviously danos is the i think it's a I, please don't if anyone is into mythology but i know it's an ancient kind of myth that is a someone that wants to kill half the population, doesn't he? Right. To, for the good of whatever. Um, and in the end, is that involved as well? You know, so it, it just, my brain sort of raced at the end of it when I saw it. And I was like, cool, man. That's That's got me thinking, which is, um, and shitting my pants. Which yeah. is, <laughs> I guess is that, I guess was the aim of both sides. And I even knew what was happening. <laughs> and I was still scared. So, yeah. Um, do you mind if we ask you what your favorite horror movie yeah, is? Yeah, what's your favorite? Yeah, of course. So I'm quite big into like old school stuff. So like I love like um, like The Wicker Man. Oh uh, yes. I really, I really love. I don't know if I don't know if you guys and some of your fans might hate me saying this. I don't know if this counts, but like I, I like I was obsessed for ages with um, Pan's Labyrinth. You know the Guillermo del Toro one. Oh, I don't um, know that as horror. That 
I, okay, so I'm so glad you said that because I, I sort of get in, I don't really want to say argument, but I sort of get in <laughs> disagreements with people about this too, where they say it's not horror. And it's I'm like, horror. I'm like, look, that movie scared the shit out of me. I don't know about you, but. <laughs> it's horror. It's horror, Chris. It's, it's, it, I would classify that as horror. Uh, but I guess my favorite, like, and again, it's, it's, it's a classic, isn't it? Is it, is the shining. Oh, um, thank you. You know, like Kubrick, Nicholson, Duval. Like, I just think, again, similar to our film, okay, that film has some even bigger shit that goes on, okay? They've got some proper crazy shit. But it's, it is it is that it is how someone is manipulating, how someone you love and trust turns on you. And that's, yes. again, people that we're not expecting to turn on us, that we think we can support us, uh, sorry, that we think we can trust, that scares me more than anything. Because that is scary, isn't it? When relationships in real life break down and people break up and everyone says like, oh, we're going to be best friends still. Bullshit. You're not going to be best friends. You're, you're going to hate each other at one point. And it's just, and the people turn and it's, but when you see it in a really high pressure situation, that's what scares me. And I said, The Shining just, I mean, it's, I don't think you can get better than Nicholson when he's crazy. I think Nicholson is the ultimate crazy. He is. I mean, he played the crazy. Joker, so. Exactly. <laughs> the man, hey, if you want to take it even far back, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, the man has been <laughs> ultimate crazy. <laughs> he is, all, and even that one, he's meant to be kind of like the straight, not crazy, crazy. But he's yes. still he's the craziest. He wasn't, he actually wasn't crazy in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, that's brilliant. Like, it's like Twilight Zone thing because actually I think Jack Nicholson is crazy. So you've got him being actually himself crazy, an actor playing someone who's not crazy, who's pretending to be crazy. And you're like, oh man, I've got no idea what's going on. <laughs> but The Shining is another one of those. Yeah, it's a... Psychological It's a slow fuck. burn. And it's a slow... Yeah. It's, it's, cre- it's creepy, it's creepy, it's creepy. And then the climax builds and you're like, holy shit, what the fuck? And then... <laughs> And then, then you're just kind of left with this like really uneasy feeling by the end of the movie. Yeah, that gets me every time. And that was my yeah. biggest thing with Await Further Instructions is any movie that can leave me like, what in the fuck did I actually just watch? And I want to go back and watch it again and again and again and again and again because I want to pick out little things. I, you know, I really encourage all of our listeners that if you watch this, please don't just watch it once. Mm-hmm. Watch it over and over and over and over and over because there are going to be little little bits and parts that you may miss that if you go back and watch it again when you put the symbols together it certain things will really start to make sense in the grand scheme of things and i think it will kind of overall give you more of a more of an idea of what the movie really is and what it entails so and we just want people to watch it a whole bunch too <laughs> Um, Chris, did you see, Chris, did you see, um, I think you, I think you liked it. So I think you did see it. Um, I went to see Captain Marvel last night, or I'm sorry, Thursday. And I had posted about it on Twitter and someone posted underneath it. I wouldn't know I'm watching Await Further Instructions. Oh yeah. So, (laughs) cause I posted about, I was like, Captain Marvel's fucking amazing. Holy shit. And she was like, I wouldn't know I'm watching Await Further Instructions. (laughs) And I was like, Yay! yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah, that is that is what we like to hear. Now, how just really quickly, how is it? Because um, Lashana Lynch is with my agent, um, and she's in it, and I've heard she's incredible in it. And oh, yeah, like, um, she is, she is absolutely incredible in it. I, I honestly, it's one of those movies that I walked out of just feeling like I could take on the fucking world. It yeah. was just, it was so. 
inspiring. It was so, it was, it was one of, excuse me, it was one of those independent woman films where you just watched it and you were like, I'm a fucking badass, bitches. I can take on anyone. (laughs) (laughs) So also. It wasn't yesterday um, independent, no, sorry, a woman's day, wasn't it? It was. Mm -hmm. Yes, it was. Yeah, they did that on purpose. (laughs) Oh, yeah, maybe it's, but still, do you know what I mean? What an amazing day to go and feel empowered, like. Boom. Yeah, it was, it was, um, what was I going to say? Uh, the soundtrack. Oh, the, yeah. The, the soundtrack was. So me, again, because I, because there's, there's a, because you and I have about a 10 year age difference. The soundtrack was so special to me because there was a lot of, it was very 90s. There was like, no doubt, Nirvana, whole. Oh, man. And Garbage. I was like, I was like, am I in high school again? <laughs> I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> It was an incredible, if anything, yeah, garbage. Yeah, the 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 soundtrack was absolutely in, incredible. There was some great music. I, I would also just like to say good fucking luck, Thanos, because you're about to get your ass kicked into oblivion. Yeah, we're pretty, I think anybody that's a fan, anybody that's a comic book fan is going to be very happy about the Avengers <laughs> yes. after seeing that. We're all very excited now. Yeah, it's it's phenomenal. Like, um, anytime like people are so like I'll post on Twitter about it, people are like, Oh, you like superhero movies? And I'm like, bitch, listen. <laughs> <laughs> I love my horror and horror is my vice, but you give me some superheroes, I'm gonna sit and watch the entire Avengers series <laughs> all at once and not care. <laughs> how, could you, how could you not be excited about the, the, the new Avengers trailer that came out? I literally watched it about ten times and was like Robert Downey Jr., man. Oh, my God. Iron fucking man, man. I'm telling you. He's so great. I feel like that's his real-life personality. I feel like that they they were just like, if we're going to find anybody to play Tony Stark, we we have to. It has to be Robert Downey Jr. It just. He's him, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is him. Robert Downey Jr. is Tony Stark. He's the, he's the, he just seems like a cool guy as well. I hope he is. I hope he is cool. But he seems like a very cool guy. I just feel like the reason why these movies work so well in that aspect too is that the, whoever casted this cast as you know him as Iron Man, uh, Chris Hemsworth, Chris Hemsworth as Thor, Chris Evans as Captain America, on and on and on, they knew what they were doing because yeah. these people literally embody those superheroes. Yeah, they. Um, I know someone that worked with Chris Evans and. Apparently turned it down a few times, um, uh, but they were just adamant it was him. They just saw him, and I think that's super cool. That they, they just knew which actors they needed. This thing was in the works. They just waited, and they were like, boom, 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 boom. These guys were perfect. You know, having Paul Rudd. I mean, he. I don't think you could get a better Ant Man. No, just, perfect Ant Man. Oh my gosh. So, um, I loved Ant Man. I did too. And I'll tell you what, like Paul Rudd again, my being my '90s child, like <laughs> clueless. I mean, that was like one of the first roles he ever did. I mean, to go from <laughs> clueless to to Ant Man, I'm just like. Well, he was in Halloween too. And Halloween four. Halloween, yeah. Was it four? Or I thought four? it was six. Six. I don't know. I don't know. Seventeen. I lost. I lost. Yeah, yeah. It was seven. Let's Halloween five. seventeen. That's been a difference. <laughs> right. One of those. Right. <laughs> well, um, did you have any other questions um, for Chris or? No. Chris, do you have any other, do you have anything else you'd like to add? 
No, just I'm um, super, super grateful for you guys supporting the film, for making the podcast, and for everyone out there that's um, going to watch the film. If they can, you know, tweet or, or if they, you know, put me in it, I will obviously retweet and they can chat to me and ask me questions, and I, and I will respond, as you guys know. Um, I'm fully there to, I think that's what you're going to do. We put these films out, and it's only because of you guys and the fans that it gets anywhere. So I definitely want to be personable and be there. And do you know what? Even if they don't like it, that's fine. You can tell me that. I'm not someone that runs away from that. And you can tell me why. And we can have a conversation about it. I'm open for everything like that. Oh, that's so awesome. Just thank you very, very much. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I think any, I think even, you know, even criticisms sometimes can be constructive. I mean, I'm, I'm sure we'll have moments, you know, the, the more popular this podcast gets, we'll probably get criticisms, but all of it I'll take to heart because every bit of it for me is going to be constructive. And because we're, it'll just be something to build and learn from. I know it's like what you said, don't, don't always take a, a fall as meaning to give up, take it, you know, pick yourself up, dust yourself off and take it as a, uh, a learning experience and, and keep it moving, you know, because that's the only way that you're going to get it done is to just keep going, keep moving, keep striving. And, you know, that's, that's what we intend to do. So, um, yeah, I, I think there's two forms of criticism. There's, there's one where unfortunately we live in a world where people can have a fake name and they can hide behind it and they just like to like abuse people, right? Mm-hmm. They like to troll. They like oh, to, yeah. rah, rah, rah. And that's fine. That's what they want to do. And that you'll learn. And I've learned that you get those people, you go, cool. That's not criticism I mean to be bothered about because they just, Aren't, aren't happy and if they want to do that but then you get some people that criticize or like for me like you know recently I didn't, I didn't get an acting job and uh, you know it hurt a little bit but you kind of go okay that's fine I can do two things I can whine and bitch about it or I can work super hard and know that I'm still connected with those people and work super hard to better myself so next time that comes around it's for a theater job basically next time that comes around I'm even more ready and I'm, and I'm more prepared than everyone else. And so it's honestly just how you make that next decision. I think and I, so it's a mindset thing. If you work hard on that, then boom. You, you can't not succeed. And that's how I like to see it. Well, you are well on your way, sir. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> Thank you very much. And like I said, guys, you stay in contact, please. Anything I do or whatever, obviously, especially if we get this werewolf film up and going, I'd love to be back on and like be there and you guys could be at the foreground of it and we can, you know, support each other that way. Oh my God. We'd love wow, to. Wow. That's, um, that's so kind of you as well. But to be honest with you, I really want this movie to happen because it sounds so awesome. What was the, um, <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask real quick. So I know, um, to all of our listeners out there, like Chris said, so the movie is still, um, you guys are still awaiting funding, but what, what is the, um, did you mention the title of the movie? What's the working title? Yeah. So the, the working title, um, of the film, is, well, let me just check that it hasn't changed yet. It's the Moonshine Gang of Cheyenne. So C-H-E-Y-E-N-N-E. Okay. Um, and yeah, we've got obviously, yeah, Steve Ogg, um, Richard Brake, Pollyanna McIntosh um, are all supposedly um, attached at present. That's very cool. Do you guys have uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that fun stuff? Yeah, I think I think I definitely know that there is uh, an Instagram and uh, Twitter. Okay. Um, well, I'm assuming it's those things. I'll see if I can find it out really. Um, let me just check. Moon. Uh, 
Yeah, I do see there's a Twitter. It looks like there's a Twitter and a Facebook. Yeah, yeah, just like a little, like a little Twitter handle. Yeah, like it's it's at M G O C Film. Okay, cool. I'll definitely yeah. I'll definitely get on that with the uh, podcast page and like those and. That is a badass poster. Yeah, we just we just found a <laughs> yeah. um a it poster. Cool, doesn't it? Yeah, it does look cool. Oh it my gosh, cool man! On. So um, you know we've we've not done too much about it because obviously you know trying to get the money and stuff, but mm-hmm. um now we feel like we're really on our way. So um, hopefully that's one for everyone to look out for. Definitely, that's awesome. And Chris, what is um? Can you kind of give everybody your social media out there in case they want to reach out? Yeah, cool. So um, mine is at. Chris K R I S Sadler S A D D L E R. That's that. And uh, I've never done the uh, the Instagram thing, but I've I've been told to start getting on it. So I'm going to start. Well, I have got it, but I haven't used it for a couple of years. So I'm going to start again, and that's at Chris underscore um, Sadler. So I'm going to try and do that one more. But Twitter's the one like I'm active on, and if people want to communicate and conversate with me. Let's do it. I'm there. Awesome. Thank you so much, Chris, yeah, for everything really today. Yeah, appreciate it. And guys, um, yeah, if, you, if you've if you seen Await Further Instructions, uh, watch it again, and then watch <laughs> and then it again. again, and then watch it again. Um, and, then, <laughs> and if you haven't seen it, um, hopefully after listening to this, it will uh, persuade you to want to see it and tweet about it and put the word out there. And like Chris said, contact him to talk about it, show your love show your hate not not too much hate but uh, be nice be nice if you're gonna hate um but yeah we hope you guys enjoyed the podcast chris again thank you many 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 thanks we appreciate it so much one more thing chris do you know if this will have a dvd release uh yeah we yes we think we're that sounds like a weird question it definitely did um there was an issue but as far as i know that it's, it, as far as I know, that's possibly back on the card, but I can't be quoted um, on that. So okay. hopefully I can let you guys know uh, that information uh, soon. And if as soon as I do, I will uh, message you guys and let you guys let people know if, if it is going ahead still. Oh, great. I'm one of okay. those people that likes to have physical copies of favorite movies. Oh, so dude, I was just wondering. Too, man. I just like to have, <laughs> I just, wait, I don't, I listen, I love Netflix. I love all this stuff. It's amazing. It's just at your fingertips but if i really like something i like looking at it and going i can have that just now <laughs> just you know sometimes films aren't there available to you um so yeah i'll let you guys know as soon as i know awesome, awesome. thank you i would <clears> want <throat> it just for the artwork too the art oh yeah the artwork's the art, amazing the artworks i want to get a giant ass poster of that yes me too <laughs> <laughs> cool. all right well it. we will see you guys next week we do have a guest next week as well um i don't know if you guys know she's a very good friend of mine her name is captain dangerous she uh, has a lot of pictures that she posts on social media, and we're going to have her on our podcast next week about found footage films. Yeah, guys. So we're going to be going over all your favorite found footage uh, films uh, from from Blair Witch to the Poughkeepsie tapes to The Descent to oh, just, as just, about about, so below. Just, just about everything out there. So um, anybody on our Twitter, Facebook, Instagram... There's any of your favorite found footage films out there that you would like us to talk about and discuss? Mm-hmm. Um, if we haven't seen it yet, we can watch it before next week. Um, so definitely reach out to us on all of our social media platforms. But that will be uh, next week's episode. So we hope you enjoyed this one, and we hope you listen in next week. We'll be back. All right, guys. Peace out. See ya.